In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I am thrilled to have Wendy Ulrich on the podcast today. Wendy holds a PhD from the University of Michigan and an MBA from UCLA and is a psychologist, executive coach, and author. Wendy has been a visiting professor at BYU, has served as president of the Association of Latter-day Counselors and Psychotherapists, and has served on the Relief Society General Council of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Her and her husband, Dave Ulrich, were mission leaders in the Canada-Montreal Mission and they have three children and 10 grandchildren. Wendy, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Doing Good. It is such an honor to be with you, Carmen. I'm excited. We've had a good start to our conversation, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun. And I have to ask you, when you served as mission leaders in the Montreal mission, what We year? were there 2002 to 2005, which seems like a very long time ago now, but it, it doesn't that, feel like a long time ago. <laughs> 20 years ago. So my amazing brother-in-law, Ben Cahoon, played for the Montreal Alouette. Oh, I remember Ben very well. We worked with him some and he did a great, he, he came to one of the things we did for a big family conference they had in Montreal where they invited people to come and learn more about family stuff. And we would see all these booths there that the women were walking around hauling their husbands through. And we <laughs> thought, we need Ben Cahoon here. And he came. And when we announced, it was announced, Ben Cahoon is at the Mormon church, you know, yes. thing over here. All the men came. And so we got a lot of dads because of Ben Cahoon. He was that fantastic. That is so awesome. Cool. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I thought there might be a connection there. That's yeah. so fun. Yeah. Big, big hello to Ben Cahoon. So oh, he I was a great missionary. He, he's amazing. He He's a wonderful example and continues to be a great missionary, too. We, yeah, we love our brother. Sure. He got four daughters and we have four boys. So I'm like, Ben, you send your girls to me. There you I'm go. Boys, and then I'm going to send my boys to you and you teach them football stuff so we can there do you it. Go. Then help each other out. So, Wendy, I would love to talk with you. We were We were talking a little bit about Um, missionaries before the podcast started. One of my sweet girls in my ward who I love so much, Sister Rogers, just left on a mission to the Las Vegas, Nevada area. And we were talking a little bit about preparing, you know, teens for serving a mission. And really, they leave when they're young, teenagers, 18, 19 years old. And my oldest son is almost 15. And I found, oh my goodness, in three years, he could be where Sister Rogers is right now. That's my hope for him. That's where he wants to go. And there's wonderful work that needs to be done before then, but and spiritual work and, and learning how to iron a shirt and cook mac and cheese, things like that. Who knows? Maybe there won't be mac and cheese where he's going. Maybe he'll be in the bush somewhere and be killing chickens or something. Who knows? But Another very important work is preparing mentally and emotionally to be strong enough to be away from a family and all the comforts of home for two years. So my first question for you is, as a mom, how would I go about doing that? How would I go about the little steps of preparing my son to be on his own sharing the gospel for two years? Such a good question, Carmen. And and it's such an individual answer because Basically, what we're trying to do is figure out where our kids are 
and and cater kind of what we're trying to offer and talk about and bring up with them to what they need. One thing that comes to mind is it might be a good idea, but when you get to the point where your kids are in Oh, the, the young adult program of the church anyway, to, to pay close attention to a couple of things. One is the children and youth program that allows them to make goals for themselves and to make progress in physically, socially, and spiritually, and intellectually in all of those areas. Because when they get to the, to the mission field, the book Adjusting to Missionary Life will become their, their friend as they are looking at those same four categories, plus the emotional, which didn't quite make it into church and, and youth development program. But the, uh, the idea behind not including it was that it's in all of the others, which is accurate. But in, in the mission field, you're especially looking, I think, at those emotional and, and sort of social, spiritual needs that are the heart of what's often really hard for missionaries. Yeah. So getting, getting that book on adjusting to missionary life and beginning to introduce your kids to it when they get to be maybe 16, 17, somewhere, and saying, what do you think is going to be hard about a mission for you? To be honest, the basic format of that book uh, was mine. And, and it came from when, when we were mission presidents looking at how do we help kid, uh, our missionaries? How do we help these young sisters and elders to come in? and when they would show up in, in Montreal the first night that they were there, I would do a little fireside with them while my husband was interviewing them. And I gave them a sheet that was called Sister Ulrich's Happiness Plan. And I uh, want that. <laughs> well, basically, all it was was a, a list of what are the things you're worried about as a missionary? What are you afraid of? What are you, what are your weaknesses that you're nervous about? And what are they, what are you, what are you worried about physically, emotionally, spiritually? What are the things you're scared of? And I would ask them to kind of make a check on that. And then I'd give them the happiness plan, which was basically a, a menu in each of those categories of things to try to see that might be helpful. And that's the way adjusting to missionary life is organized as well. It looks at each of those five categories, says, check off what you're struggling with. Yeah. And here and then look it up. Here's some ideas of things that can help. But you don't have to wait to be a missionary to use some of those ideas to develop some of those skills because they're all skills. You know, they're all things that we're trying to learn in each of those categories in a very systematic kind of way and recognizing that all missionaries have struggles with these things. These are hard things about learning to be an adult in a foreign place without the support and the coping mechanisms that you're used to. And, and that's one of the big challenges. We learn to use things like, you know, phones and, and searching on the internet or, you know, going out by ourselves in the woods or going for a walk with our old friend or calling our mom or whatever it is. And you yeah. don't have those coping skills always, at least not in the same way as a missionary. So learning some new skills and learning to adapt the skills you already have to the circumstances you're in is a real skill in itself to, to take those things that you've learned at home and now apply them in a new setting and to try to expand your skills so that when you come back, you have a new set of skills to bring to your adult life as well, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So yes, that's something parents can do. 
Well, let's dive a little bit deeper into yeah. that. Let's talk about some of those skills specifically. So let me give you a scenario. My oldest son, Boston, is more of an introvert. And yeah. he he calls himself, you know, a you know, he's like, I'm I'm quiet and I'm an introvert, but he's once you get to know him and you crack his shell a little, he he's oh, wonderful and will open up to you and talk with you. But his highs and lows are not very different from each other. Like if he's having the best day of his life or the worst day. There's not a whole lot of, but like, he's not explosive. He doesn't. That's great. Now, you know, and if he's having a hard time, he manages it well, which is harder for me as a mom to read him sometimes. I'm like, are you having a really hard time? I have to dig really deep to get to the bottom. I have other boys that they wear their emotions. I know what they're feeling and thinking at all times. And so with my son, Boston, he, I, I have a feeling that he's going to be more of a quiet leader on his mission. He'll lead by, example more than be the one that's more outgoing and talking to people and getting people to interact with him a lot. So a skill I would love for him to learn is not to change who he is, but how would you suggest I can help him get out of his comfort zone and approach people? Because I know that's a big thing for missionaries to just open their mouth and approach people instead of letting his companion take the lead on that. What's something I could do to help him build those social and communication skills now. You know, you're making me laugh because I we did a lot of training in the mission field with our missionaries. Of course, we had zone conference every six weeks for three years. And and I did a lot of the training along with my husband because I we were both that. in this role together. And yep. and so the I remember the the training that I did that got the most request for copies, not only from the missionaries, but that their parents, when they would pick them up from the mission field, would say, You're, you did a training my son or my daughter is still talking about, you know, and, and it was like, wow. And it was, and the, and the title was Introverts Can Be Missionaries Too. Oh, my and goodness. The, the fact of the matter is about half of the missionaries that go out would categorize themselves as introverts. And yet we, we all of our rhetoric about what makes a good missionary is all this extroverted stuff that doesn't come as naturally to an introverted missionary. Right. So I think there are two things to really remember for our missionaries to remember and for us to remember as we're trying to help missionaries to develop or our youth to develop. One is that, that introverts have enormous skills, and you've just outlined some of them. One-on-one, -on -one, they're much better. They're, they're often really good teachers. They're often very thoughtful about the gospel. They are often really curious about how things work and how people work and how the scriptures work and the doctrine works. They, they have a lot of often skills for organizing things or planning things are more introverted. They have a lot of skills and are often good listeners, which is a valuable, valuable thing because it's really tempting to go in with new investigator or somebody who is a friend who's wanting more. And just start dumping everything we know. <laughs> right. And, and we, it's really helpful to just stop and listen and say, what is going on in your life right now? Tell me about you. What are the issues that you're wondering about or the questions you have? What are the challenges you're facing right now so that you can adjust your message to actually meet the need of the person that you're talking to in a way that will help them go, oh, well, maybe... Maybe you do have something that might be helpful to me in my life. Maybe I'm feeling something here. And 
introverts are often really good at identifying that for people as well. So one thing is to recognize what are my skills as an introvert? What's my superpowers, you know, yeah. as a more introverted person? And often introverts don't know what those are as well. So they may have to ask somebody, you know, what do you see? And, and I hear you noticing as, your, as, as this young man's mother, what some of his skills are. And he may need support in identifying those skills because they're not as flamboyantly out there, you know. Yes. So that's one thing to begin to notice is what are the things you will bring to this as, as a missionary that will, be, that will be fantastically helpful. The other thing is to realize that extroverted skills can be learned. You may not have them come naturally to you, just like it may not be natural to catch a ball, you know, but you can learn to catch a ball. You may be a better thrower than receiver, but you can learn to do both and you can play to your strengths. But you can learn enough about both sides of this coin that you can also do both things. You can figure out ways to start conversations. You can practice some things to do that. You can, you can, you can focus on asking questions more and getting other people talking, for example. So what are good questions that I want to remember? And I want to be open to asking questions more and not worry so much about what my, you know, what I'm going to say, but get, get the other person talking is a great skill of an, for an introvert that translates into an extroverted sort of activity. But you can also learn a lot of other skills that extroverts have, and you can use those when you need to. I am about as introverted as a person as you would possibly find. And I make, and I make, you, you know, my, a huge part of my life is public speaking and doing yes. things in a very, that look pretty extroverted and are kind of out I'm there. I'm going to say, I would not have guessed that. That's no, people don't, well, people who know me well figure this out fast, but people yeah. who don't, they just, you know, I can, I can do extroverted things. Yes. And I am on any scale, you know, if you were to take one of those tests about are you yes. an introvert or an extrovert, I am like as introverted as it gets. So you can learn to do extroverted things. And in fact, a lot of introverts, I'm more comfortable public speaking where I don't have to engage people at a personal level than I am in, a, in small talk. Small talk is the thing that's hard for me. So I've had to learn how to do that. And I've also come to realize that it's just more tiring for me. It's not that I yeah. can't do it. It's yes. just tiring for me. So I'm going to have to be a little more compassionate with myself and a little more patient with myself that as a missionary, I may need a little more sleep. I may need to take that lunch break at home and, and not just in somebody's house. I may need to take a nap for 20 minutes. You know, I yeah. may need to have some private time where I can just sit and think where I can, I pray, personal prayer and journal writing and personal study may be really important to me. And if I'm an extroverted person, honoring that in my companion yes. or in, my, in other people is really important. So these are things extroverts need to learn as well yes. to be more self-reflective, to be more aware of how I'm coming across, to think more about what does the Lord want from me we, whether we're extroverts or introverts, we have things we need to learn and we have things that we can bring. So we want to build on those strengths 
We want to get ourselves a little bit of experience to take the risk to try with some of the things that don't come as naturally. And it helps if we can just make those conversations open for dialogue with our, yeah. with our young people as, as they are preparing for missions. I love that advice so much. I was taking notes as, as you were writing. And I feel like a lot of times Heavenly Father will put an extrovert and introvert together. Yeah. You learn from each other. And that's exactly. where I was going to go next is even in our family, we have, I have four boys with very different person. Brad and I often look at each other and we're like, how did we get that one? Or how did yeah. we get that yeah. one? Yeah. How did we get them all together? Like yeah. they're so different. They could not yeah. be more different. And my my number three child has ADHD, my Briggsy boy, very emotionally intelligent very socially confident, but man, does he, it can be overbearing and loud, hyper fixate on people and things and situations. His highs are red hot and his lows are rock bottom. And, and he can experience all the emotions on the spectrum in five minutes time Yeah, and go from complete devastation to total elation. And we're here for it. And I'm, I'm the one that's, it's the buffer, you know, and I've, I, I'm the one that takes all of that in. And when he's having a hard time, I just tell my husband, like, bring him to me. Like, I, <laughs> I took it in. Like, I know now he's 10 years old after a decade's worth of trial and error. And I'm like, his companion might not be comfortable giving him an eight second hug. Which yeah, like, yeah. He needs sometimes just like a physical touch or let's take a deep breath. And he's really good at figuring that out. But that might be hard if he had his brother as a companion. Oh, man. Maybe fist fights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Out. So, and we had a few fist fights in the mission field. Just, no just full oh disclosure, goodness. you know, <laughs> or close to it at least. You know, with exactly what you're talking about. Yes, we use one of the things people don't realize is you spend twenty four seven with a companion who will yes. be very different from you in some way or another. Yes. Guaranteed, right? And and one of the things that I I used to remind missionaries and. And they would look at me with not only disbelief, but horror when I said this was, let me just give you a little forewarning here. You need to learn how to get along with people who are very different from you for lots of reasons. One of them is the person you will choose as your eternal companion to whom you will fall, with whom you will fall madly in love, with whom you will want to be for eternity, will make you crazier on some days than your worst companion on your worst day, <laughs> guaranteed. And they would just look at me like, what? You, no, I would, I would never bury my worst companion on my work, you know? And then I would turn to the senior missionaries in, in couple missionaries and I would say, um, am how I many correct? would you agree with me? And they would all raise their hands. So it's important to realize, okay, this is life. There is not something wrong with you or something wrong with them that getting along with people is hard. It's how we grow. It's yeah. how we all grow. Yeah. We, we increase our, our skills. We increase our understanding of ourselves. We learn how to do what we can do amid what we can't do. We learn how to, how to get along with a whole variety of people because even if by some chance you happen to marry someone with whom you don't have any problems, which I have never met yet, but you know, Me even either. if, if you have children, you are guaranteed, as you have just pointed out, to have a bunch of people that you're like, where did this come from? 
how, how I have no idea who you are. We think we're going to produce a bunch of little people just like us and we'll right. know what to do with them. And yes, and we'll be able to give them the things we didn't get, you know, yes. and we'll know what they need. And well, we don't No. So these are really vital skills. And I'm really grateful to know that it's so funny. We, I just found a book of my husband's grandmother from 19, the 1920s. It was a Relief Society hymn book. And she had some notes in this hymn book. I don't know what she was writing from, but it was definitely her handwriting because she signed her name on the book and I could see the handwriting. There's a little note in there that says, we should try to learn from people who disagree with us. And I thought, you know, boy, do we need that message in the world today? And boy, do we need it in all of our lives, in every setting we play in. It's so exciting and fun when somebody agrees with us and gets us and we feel at home with them. But we learn the most from people who are different and, and who see things differently and who have a different perspective on things. And if we can start learning that when we're 15, oh my goodness, what an advantage to walk into the world, start talking to people who are, who don't think like you. And that person might be your companion or somebody you're sitting next to on the bus or the drug addict on the corner, or, you know, I I mean, it could be anybody you run into, Anybody, but there is something valuable in the gospel for all of us. And even if they don't join the church, which most of them won't you can be a blessing in that person's life. As you learn to listen to them, try to really understand them, help them identify what they're looking for in life, what they need, give them some little nugget of an idea or some little personal moment in your life or some little gospel principle that you think might be helpful for them to try or to think about. But you have to be willing to learn from them first. And our companions and the people in our family are where we start learning how to deal with differences. Yeah. But the mission field is the next barbell. You know, it's yes. like, okay, you've been, you've been lifting 20 weight, 20 pound weights. These are the fifties. These are the hundreds. You know, you'll have some companions that you'll adore and some that will drive you crazy. Guaranteed. Yes. And yes. so make up your mind right now. I'm going to try to learn from people I disagree with and who I I don't naturally get along with. And you don't have to have all your friends be that, but when you have those moments in your life, all right, let me stop and think about this. Let me ask my mom, how would I deal with this? Let me ask my brother, you know, what should I do to help you in this situation? Because I don't know what you need. Or Those kinds of things can be really valuable. These are some of the greatest lessons of missionary work. And the more we have some experience with getting along with people who aren't like us, the the better prepared we will be in all aspects of of that job coming up and all aspects of the rest of our lives, because this is an adult skill we all need. (laughs) It is. And I was was just going to say, I could not agree more. And uh, oftentimes I'll tell my boys, you will have a companion, a spouse, or a child that will be like your brother who you just do Can't stand. not understand. Yes. Yes. Do not get why they act the way they do, why they behave the way they do, their thought process. and Or a job. You'll have an employee that you're like, oh boy. And you'll say, oh, but I have a brother that was like this. Here's what I learned. I had a companion yeah. that's like this. And for your jobs for the rest of your life or serve in a calling with someone that you're yeah. like, wow, our ideas on how to do that are 
totally different. Yeah. And those skills will, like you said, last them the rest of their lives. And I love that advice of you better learn how to interact with people and start a conversation. And you don't even have to agree with them. You can still right. think. I still Absolutely. No, that. we're not trying to change what not you think or what you believe, yes. but to be able to understand how understand. another person is thinking and like be like, oh, okay. I, I don't, I mean, I don't come to the same conclusions maybe that you do, or I have a different way of approaching that, yeah. but at least I can sort of, it's, I, I can see how that, where you're coming from. Okay. That helps me to understand that better. Yes. I can, I can appreciate you better as a person. I can, I can have a better idea of how to help you get what you need. I want you to have right. what you need. Is it this that you need? I think maybe it is. And I haven't understood that. I've just yeah. assumed you were trying to make me do something. You right. Know, and, you were just trying to make me mad. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, along with the skill of just getting along with someone and, and learning about their differences. And I know we could probably talk for hours about yeah. all the ways we can prepare missionaries. But I would, I would love to talk about how do you know if, if you're having a hard time and you're going through something difficult and it starts to affect your mental health and your emotional health? I'm sure every missionary hits a block at some point in their mission. They're like, man, I'm in freezing cold Iceland. The sun sets at three o'clock every day. It's dark and awful. Nobody cares about what we're saying. I'm done. Why am I out here? Whether it's six months in, almost two years in, before, I mean, it could be a, a couple weeks in. Yeah. How how do you know, Wendy, whether as as a psychologist, as a psychologist, if it's a mental health issue or just kind of a difficult time or a slump? And and what are some of the things or skills that missionaries can learn for how to get over that time, whether they need to talk to a professional or whether it's just slogging through and getting through to the next side where there's light on the other side? Really not an easy answer to that question, and a lot of it depends on a lot of different things. But depression and anxiety are the are so common in the world we live in right now that they're now normal. So some of it is definitely figuring out as much as you can early on about how you work and what are the what's your little personal toolkit. For if you're going to call it anxiety, if you're going to call it that, you know, if that's what it is, is I, I get anxious, I get wired up inside and I get tense and I get feeling worried and I get my heart races, my hands are sweaty, you know, I, I get a pit in my stomach. Okay, we call that anxiety. All right. So what are the things you can practice right now that help you calm down? How do you learn to regulate that emotion? Can you identify what you're feeling inside is I'm just feeling just tense and worried and okay, so can you learn to just take some deep breaths? Can you learn to get, get out and go for a little walk? Make sure you're exercising regularly. Depression and anxiety both respond well to exercise. Yep. Regular exercise, hard exercise for some people. Yes. I've had clients that the primary way they've managed Either one of those emotions is they needed to be in the gym for an hour every day. Well, you may not be able to do that as a missionary, but you are expected to exercise every, you know, pretty much every day. And that's why, because it helps regulate your emotions. That's a big factor in it. So be glad for that bicycle and that, you know, that walking that you curse and having to lug, lug your groceries home on a bus because the exercise is part of what is helpful. 
But you're also wanting to look at sort of what are your thoughts and and what are your support systems and what are you doing that might trigger those feelings for yeah. you and how do you want to think about those differently? And part of the reason I'm pushing adjusting to missionary life a little bit here is because though there are some of those specific skills in there for depression, for anxiety, for homesickness, for loneliness, for I can't learn the language, for yeah. I'm not organized, you know, yeah. or whatever it is. Basically, kind of where we we've we kind of landed when I was on the missionary committee, mental health com committee for the church, was if the things that are in adjusting to missionary life are not enough. If you've re, if the, you're, you've talked to your mission president or your mission your mission leaders, and sort of said, "I'm struggling. Give me some ideas." Maybe your own leader. You're just you know your companion. You give me some, and you've consistently really tried to do those. And you've kind of run out of the things that are in those basic skills, then you need some more. And it's time to get some more. And mission, mission leaders can set that up for you in the mission field. They can help you get some mental health support in many missions. There are people available that can do that while you're in the mission. But once again, if you're not functioning or what is available in the mission is not enough, yeah. then yeah, certainly if you're starting to feel just like suicidal, it, we want right. to, you know, we certainly want to know about that. But if you're just, if you're not sleeping because you're so tense, if you can barely drag yourself out of the house for two weeks at a time, it's time to get some help. You know, if yeah. you've got a bad day once in a while, everybody has a bad day. Go to bed, yeah. get up yeah. in the morning, you know, <laughs> reset. But if it goes on or it interferes with your functioning as a missionary for longer than just a short period of time, talk to your mission leaders. They're familiar with these issues and let them get you some help. Great advice. And, and I, I love that we, it's sad that depression and anxiety, like you said, are normal now, but I love that we are normalizing talking about it. It's not yeah. a taboo thing as much as it has been. My dad's a psychiatrist and he frequently would tell us like, here's a normal sad day. Here's yeah. something, someone with depression. And, and it, you yeah. know, some days you do, you feel like, I just am not in the mood. But there were times after I had my babies where I'm like, I don't even think I have the energy to get out of bed. Like exactly. my husband would bring me my baby and I, and, and, and I would yeah. always care for my child, but I'm like, I can't walk. I feel like I can yeah. only lay here and cry. Well, yeah. that's that's the next level. That would be next level. And I called yeah. my dad and he's like, it's okay to start on some postpartum medication mm -hmm. to get you over that hump. There's nothing wrong with that. That was my next level. Yeah. And until I got to the point where I'm like, okay, now I can think clearly and function and tell myself to go to the gym and eat healthy and all those things that my right. unhealthy brain couldn't do. So I love that there are resources. Tell us again what the book is called and where we can find it. Because I'm like, I think I need to adjust to missionary life right now. <laughs> I think I want to be adjusting to missionary life. It's it's available at the distribution center at the church. You can you can order it online at the church store, you know, website. It's a church publication and it's given to all missionaries when they arrive in the field. And but it's available to anybody anytime. And you I can take love it at any time. When a lot of missionary prep classes are using it to help you know at at the university or in stakes when they're doing missionary prep. 
just to help kids kind of get a feel for what are some of the skills that might be helpful to me now that I can begin to develop now. Sometimes it just looks like a bunch of gobbledygook to people, and it's not the only thing available. Another book that I would really highly recommend is called Mindset by Carol Dweck. I love this book where she talks about kind of having two kinds of mindsets that we can live in the world with. When we have sort of a fixed mindset, we think skill or intelligence or capacity to do something well or being an introvert or an extrovert or whatever label we put on ourselves It's just something you're kind of born with. You know, you're either good at this or you're not. Right. And that's true to some extent. We are born with different things. We come in with different levels of talent. We come in with with different levels of of capacity, different kinds of background, different experience. But she found when she was trying to to figure out what helps kids be resilient in the face of setbacks or perception that something is suddenly harder than I was expecting. Yeah, And she found it was what she called a growth mindset when people really believed, I, yeah, we all have a certain, but if I work at it and if I learn from my setbacks and I don't just give up, I can, there's a lot I can do. There's a lot I can grow in. And introverts and extroverts are very easily both in both places. Yes. But when we can begin to sort of get her descriptions of that into our heads a little bit. I have a pillow on the, on the, on, over on this side of the couch behind me that I've said so many times, my kids had somebody embroider for me <laughs> and it, and it, and it says on it, I'm not failing, I'm learning. Um, and when we can get that, my, that's what she learned from yes. the, the children with a growth mindset was they didn't think they were failing. She went yeah. into it thinking, how do I help people when they fail, get better? And there were these kids that were like, they didn't really think of it in terms of I'm failing. They yeah. thought of it as I'm learning. I really appreciated wow. that the woman writing this book, who's a professor of education at Stanford University, this is not a no, you know, a stupid yes. person, right? Yes. She said, the old saying is when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And she said, these kids were my teachers because I realized I was in the fixed mindset. Yeah, And they taught me there was another way to look at the world. And there were skills that went with that, that I could begin to learn from them and teach to others and apply in my life that helped me stop and say, all right, this is a bad day. I'm discouraged. I don't feel good about this, but I don't need to go to, I'm a loser. I'm just not ever going to be able to accomplish this. Something I did, by the way, like a week ago you know, was yeah, having right. that kind of conversation with <laughs> right. myself in my head about something. I'm never going to figure this out. I'm, I've always been this way. I'll always, be, you know, and, and to be able to just sort of have my pity party and then say, come home and see my pillow and say, okay, I'm not failing. I'm not I'm failing. Learning. I'm learning. I'm learning. So what am I learning? What have I learned about this in the past? Let me treat myself with some self-compassion. I love is the description in the scriptures that the adversary is the adversary. He is the accuser of the brethren, he's called. And I don't think that's a mistranslation. He accuses the good people. That's what he's got left when we're basically decent people with decent values is to tell us, well, but yeah, but you're not living up to them. You're not, you know, you're not 
You'll never be enough. You look at that stupid thing you said. Look at that dumb thing you did. Look at how you spent your day to day. Look at these people you, you, you know, he is the accuser. Yes. And the, and the, and the savior is our advocate. He's the, he's the lawyer on our side saying, yeah, she didn't do that great, but you know, her heart's in the right place and she's trying. And, you know, and, and I've learned from that accusing ourselves is not in our best interests either. No. If we don't need to excuse ourselves, we need to take responsibility for ourselves. But when we can do it with self-compassion and say, okay, it's been a rough day or, okay, I saw a lot of that in my home and no wonder I don't, you know, I don't like that or, or I didn't see a lot of that in my home. So no wonder I don't know how to do it. Or I haven't had a lot of experience with that yet. Or I had this happen earlier in the week and it's been really rough. And, you know, if we can be a little compassionate with ourselves, then we can say, all right, what's the next step? What's my plan here? Where am I going from here? And and begin to to move forward in a more constructive way. So I love her book on that. That Um, And I think I I I I. I think when when we do when we see adjusting to missionary life redone, I'm crossing my fingers that that will be something that will be added in. You know, Positive to learn. Mindset. Think about Laman and Lemuel versus Nephi. You know, yes, Laman and Lemuel absolutely epitomize that growth mindset. The Lord doesn't tell us stuff like this. Our women yeah. are miserable. There, the layman is bigger and stronger than we are. We will never get this done. You know, they just yes. epitomize that. And Nephi is just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea what I'm going to do next. But, but let's try this. Well, let's, yeah. try this. well, let's try this. Well, let's try. Okay, I'm out of options. Yes. Go back into the city and just see what comes. All right, here I go. I don't here know what I'm going to to do, but I trust the Lord and I'll figure, I'll try to figure something out. And then the thing he's told to do, he's like, you want me to do what now? You want me to kill this guy? I'm not doing that. That can't be right, you know. And and so, but you see his growth mindset as he is continually just trying to figure out what's next, what's possible, what can I learn from what we've tried that didn't work, all of yeah. those kinds of things. Oh, I love it. That's such great advice, Wendy. And thank you so much for sharing your perspective with us today. And I agree. I feel like starting with the growth mindset is maybe skill number one, because then all the other things, and when we feel like we're failing at getting along with our companion or sticking to a schedule or, you know, fixing ourselves in that, but I'm an introvert. I don't know how to do that. That sort of starts building upon everything else. So thank you so much for talking with us today, for coming on my podcast and for all the good you are doing. Well, you are kind and thank you for all the good you are doing. And let me reiterate, I have had to learn all these things by my own experience because of my own weaknesses and my yes. own challenges. So I can testify that it's not necessarily easy, but it's but not, can. you can do it. And I'm so grateful for the the talents, you know, that's the parable of the talents. The Lord doesn't yes. get mad because the guy didn't make, the, the guy who only got one talent didn't make you know, didn't double it. Yeah. It's mad because he didn't try. And I it's so that. helpful for me to remember the Lord wants us to take risks. Yes. He doesn't need us to just take the safe route and never fail and never disappoint anybody and never make anybody mad. He never lose, never, you know, not get the thing we were trying for. Right. He the wants us to he wants us to take the risk. Yes. Even though that means sometimes we will fail. 
And we it. came here knowing the atonement of Christ makes up for every risk we fail at. So we Absolutely. can afford to take those risks. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful for that. Oh, thank you so much, Wendy. I appreciate it. Thank you for talking with us today. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy, truly, all in one little app. And you can use promo code doing good, all one word, at checkout, and you get a full month free. So check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com. See you soon.